these tunes. Hey, what up, Topachi? Terrell, I see you in here early, about to get it. Uh huh, but this song is just. Everybody, we are back in the business, all right? Yes. It's not black culture to break down. We are here with Zap exclusive, okay? We in the shmoney. All right, we got a super dope guest. Terrell Hicks is going to be in the building tonight. All right, we got to get everything talking. Talk by T, I see you in here. What is good? Yoki, what is good? Press play, I see you in here. David, what's up? Lotus, I see you in here. Everybody, what up, what up, what up? All right, let's get this queen on here. We got a lot to talk about, everybody. Yo, get in tap with these legends. Okay, how we doing? Casamigos in the cup too. Hey, 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 hey Queen. <laughs> Good. What's up, Terrell? I heard you getting the party started. Yay! <laughs> Had to get the party started with that distant lava. Yes. Hey, everybody. What's good? What's happening? What's good? Looking beautiful as always. You never Thank you. Okay, so first of all, let everybody know who you are and what you do. Let's start there. I am Terrell Hicks Dawson. I am yeah. a singer and I'm an actress. <laughs> That's what I do. Period. And I'm a loving, cool person. I'm fun. I'm mad fun. <laughs> OD fun, okay? Uh, first of all, Terrell, you've been on live with me in the past. You know, we definitely yes. uh, chopped it up before. So today's going to be a different vibe and energy than it was the last time. But before we bobs, I want some people to understand just some of what you've done in the past. Um, so just tell us a little bit, what was your favorite memory about that track, Distant Lover, that we just opened up to? Distant Lover. So, of course, Distant Lover was recorded in the 90s um, by Teddy Riley and his camp, Sprague Williams. Yes. Shout out to Sprague, Doogie Williams, my bro. Um, that and Robot Sherry, Sherry um, Dennis. And that song, as soon as I heard it in the studio, I was like, whoa, this is a bop. <laughs> this is a bop. And so back then, everybody loved to skate. I'm so happy skating is coming back, by the way. But everybody loved to skate. And I was like, okay, I, I could skate to this. I could hear this. I could, you know, put my little, uh, uh, yeah, you know. So I love that song. And we recorded it. And it happened to be the first single off my debut album and a Motown release. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I know Missy had something to do with that track as well, correct? Um, Missy actually wrote Ooh Ooh Baby. She wrote Ooh Ooh Baby. Yeah, so her verse, her verse is on that track, which was another dope track, but um, they decided to release Distant Lover first. But I love ooh, I love me some ooh baby too. Okay, so now, I think I think ooh baby was probably a little bit before its time because she kind of infused the hip hop with the pop sound, and I don't really think that nobody really heard her style once when she was on my album because I was like one of the first artists to work with her that she actually pinned a record on that was released. Um, and then after that, she blew up. Like she came out with so many other hits after that. But I was like one of the one of the first al the albums that she actually got a release on. So I think my my distant well my ooh baby song was a little bit before his time. So and that me, happens. Let me ask you this, Terrell. Getting back into that mindset, just music in that space. You were in your. Do you remember how old you were at that time? I was like twenty one. One. Just getting back into 21-year-old Terrell, just trying to figure out the music industry. What would mm -hmm. you tell then that you know now? I'm sorry, you cut out. Just repeat the last of what you said. What would you tell yourself then, 21-year-old Terrell, that you know now? What would I tell myself then? Hmm. One thing, just the one thing. It's got to be a number one hit. <laughs> it's gotta be a number one hit no album cuts it's gotta be a number one hit that's what okay. i would tell myself okay it's gotta sound like everything else that was going on at that time which we had brandy and monica and and all those different artists and you know of course they were like really really big and their labels was really really dishing out that dough to get the rodneys and the timberlands and everybody that you know 
was out there that was like, you know, really great producers in that time, that that's what I would have pushed for. I would have pushed for, you know, so, that so number one. But now, if you but you were signed to a label, so I'm assuming the label would assume that whatever you're gonna they're gonna put money into would be a number one hit. But do you do you feel like you knew like you know what? I feel like if I went if I went in this direction, I would maybe have a different result. Did you feel like that? Definitely, absolutely. Because like I said, I mean, I was like one of the first people to work with Missy, and mm -hmm. that was post Aaliyah. So it always goes in, in my head like, Dad, what if I had your love is a one in a million you know what if, what if those songs are mine i was working with the same writer you know what i'm saying and she hadn't unleashed all that stuff but i don't know what went on with the label back then but they kind of like her and tim was working together and they skipped over to where leah was and some issues went on with motown and i got caught up in that but had they stayed at motown as writers and producers I look at the fact that all those songs would have been mine, <laughs> but it wasn't what God wanted. So I, I am where I am. <laughs> okay, listen, and where you are is a beautiful space. Yes. You are iconic and legendary. Singer extraordinaire, okay? <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting just to watch the game back then, just watching some of the people that is trying to figure out the music industry today. Um, let's get into like what's going on in today's music with some of these R&B girls, right? There's the Normani, there's the Chloe. What are your thoughts on just, you know, the talent that's coming up right now? Well, I think that, you know, it has its pros and its cons. For one, okay, so the pros for me is that as an artist today, you can really express that. You can really be who you want to be. You can put out your own material. You can write your own stuff. You don't really know, like necessarily need an A&R or all these back people behind you today. They've made it social media and all the streaming platforms have made it so easy for you to release music. And if it's good, it's really up to the fans to decide because they'll go and stream it and they'll buy it and they'll push yes. it. So it's, it's just a whole different d dynamic of what, is now and what was before and so the cons to that is basically yeah you have to make sure that what you're putting out is something that is 100 you and that you love because when you put all your own money into it <laughs> if it ain't right you're just gonna lose it pretty much you're gonna lose your life savings <laughs> but you know having a label behind you in the 90s it kind of really wasn't your money so you could kind of gamble on it a little bit you know <laughs> But nowadays, you know, people are really, they're sewing into their own dreams. And um, a lot of people are really making it that way. And, I, and I'm happy that there's a platform for people who wouldn't necessarily be signed to a label for whatever reasons are now able to get on these streaming platforms and turn themselves into stars, basically. Definitely. But now, even though that is the case, there are some people, I know Doja Cat is in the 360. Um, and you know, and she signed to Dr. Luke, you know, so this, this is actually, she's one of the biggest stars in the world right now. So, so it was 2022 and there's so much freedom to do whatever you want. Still the major stars are still controlled by radio, which are controlled by the white executives. So there's still this game that you have to play, but for black, black stars, What's your uh, what's your advice that if, if Normani would hear this right now, cause I know she's going through a lot in the music game. If she can hear this and you can give her any advice, what would you say to her? Be true to herself. Just keep being true to who she is. And, you know, the cards will play out right if they're meant to, you know? And that's the thing that we don't know. We, we never know what's really for us, what's not, until it act, we actually, you know, put ourselves out there to find out. So, you know, she just got to stay true to her heart. That's it. Absolutely, absolutely. So now let's get into music with you. Now... <laughs> What is the game plan? Are we going to be getting some Terrell Hicks music? Yes, you are. But so hey. it's, it's going to be slightly different, of course, from the 90s, because we're not in the 90s anymore. <laughs> so, but, you know, I really want to sing just about life, life music. I, 
I feel like I'm I'm here in this moment in this time to encourage people. You know, I'm not trying to compete with the young chicks. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> like, you know, they got that. Like, I've been there. I've done that already. What I'm trying to do is encourage and inspire, and um, you know, just let somebody know that you you can live your dreams. You can you can uh, do anything. You know, with God yes. on your side. You, you can make it. And that that's what I want to do. I want to encourage. I want to uplift. And it's still going to have a bump. And it's still going to have a thump. And matter of fact, um, Fat Joe and I are really working on doing something together to that's going to be uplifting. And if we could just throw DJ Caleb on it, like, that would be, like, real hot. Like, so you'll be uplifting from me and, and Fat Joe up in the club when we tell you something, you know, like, go get it. Go do it. Go, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> whatever that message may be, it's not going to be that. But I'm just saying, whatever that message is going to be, it's going to be uplifting coming from me. It's going to be life music. It's going to make you think about where you are where you want to be and um what choices you need to make going forward that's super dope and i'm so here for it a lot of your posts on instagram are always inspiring and definitely uplifting um so i definitely see you dominating that that category now in this space of music do mm -hmm. where do you feel like you will fit in the, in the business aspect do you want to be signed to a label do you want to do it independent what's your game plan business-wise well, I plan on keeping it in the family. My husband is a wonderful composer, a producer, Lauren Dawson. Um, and we plan on, you know, keeping it in our family. And, you know, we are capable and we can do it. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to, you know, be a team and get our stuff out there. And together, I know that is we're going to create magic. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, and people say, well, why haven't you done this already? And, you know, what, you know, what was paid for? Well, you know, I also have two boys that I was very interested in mothering and making sure that their lives are, you know, going to yeah. be good because of the example that we set for them. And so now they're older. My my son is, wow, Jaden is in college and he's in his third year about to graduate next year and my 11 year old kind of like you know is ready to be like mom get off my neck please like let me breathe so yeah. now it's time for me to to focus on you know my dreams my goals my aspirations again and it's so much that i know that god has you know in store for me as i you know just want to be used by him to encourage inspire and uplift people that come into contact with me and my fans and just you know people that follow me let's go and it sounds like it's in the money yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the key right there now let me let me say this do you feel like mothers don't get enough credit um especially mothers that are in entertainment that you know this business is so demanding you have to be 100 percent attentive to that but you mentioned that you were interested in really raising your boys yeah. do you feel like mothers don't get enough credit for taking time off and just kind of dedicating time and commitment to their families because then it looks like oh what is she up to or what is she not you know but i'm raising my kids do you feel like that's a big taboo in the industry entertainment absolutely. industry absolutely i definitely think you know, we don't get enough credit when we do take a pause. Um, some people can keep going, but that's not for everybody. You know, I, I'm i dealing with a lot of dynamics in my life where, you know, I have, you know, my boys and my family. And, and of course, you know, God comes first and it's my family. But I also have a mom that has dementia. And, I, you know, she's been diagnosed with it for seven, seven, seven eight years now. And... Um, I'm really enjoying spending these moments with her because I don't know when they're going to be gone. So um, caring for her and, you know, because my mom was like everything for me when I needed her to be. And so that's what I got to be now for her, you know. So I started um, a group called Living with A&D and it's dedicated to her. It's her journey. You can follow it on Facebook. And um, it's just to really inspire uh, the community of families that's dealing with the disease because it's a very tough disease. 
and um, just let them know you're not alone. It's not really something we talk about a lot in the Black community. You know, it's like people with A and D kind of got, like, they get forgotten about. You don't see them anymore. You don't hear about them. But I know my mom was a person that always wanted to help people. So me sharing her story and just letting people know, like, this is what this is. It's no joke. And um, I know that, you know, I I'm not trying to preach to anybody, but, you know, if you honor your parents, good things come back to you, especially if they've been good to you. I can't say that's everybody's story, but my parents have always been good to me. And um, I, I'm just, I'm not a selfish person and I have to be there for her until this thing decides that it's going to free her. So taking time to do that, taking time to be a mother and raise my boys. And, you know, one thing, I always tell myself is, Terrell, you know, God is really preserving you. People always tell me how young I look and like, oh my God, you look like you just stepped off the set of a bronze cell. And then that is a blessing. And I think that is a reward from God to me because he's telling me that I'm pausing time for you. And when you're ready to come back into this, it's going to be all good like you never left. And that's what's beginning to happen. You know, doors are beginning to open. It's almost like, you know, I never you know, stepped away and people are becoming familiar with me again. And now I'm able to jump back in and do the things that I love to do as well as help other people in so many different aspects in life. And, and you know what, Terrell, that, that's dope that you having that realization, that recognition, because you definitely put in the work. And, you know, like, let's get into like what you're most famous for, I would say, is belly. Um, and you had the, the opportunity to work with DMX on that movie. Um, and now, I feel like now that he's even passed, we, we, we talked before, before he passed, if you remember. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. about, now, now everything is back full circle. How impactful is that movie to you? And, and when people come to you and they say, Keisha, Keisha, <laughs> um, do you realize how impactful it is to them? I do. I do. I mean, they, most girls really looked up to Keisha for one, because of her complexion. And they were not used to seeing that type of, I guess, sexy image on screen where they can say, wow, like this girl <laughs> is representing us, you know? And so for that, I will always have love for the Keisha character because I was able to lead and be a lead of a darker complexion and let these girls know that it's okay to love your skin no matter how dark you are it doesn't matter you're, you're beautiful you're beautiful too it doesn't matter so to be then the image that they look at and say oh my god you you inspire me to love myself means a lot um that role is super iconic even just going back and watching it again just the way that it was shot you know mm -hmm. that, the beauty of it um, and DMX's rawness. Um, let yeah. me ask, how was it working with DMX on set? What's the main thing you remember? DMX was mad cool. He was just nervous. Like, he was very <laughs> nervous, but he was also, he wanted, he just wanted to get it right. He wanted to nail it. And we all see that he did. <laughs> like, he <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to get it right. And he was so humble. Yes. And he was just, you know, he he was he was a, a pleasure to be around. Like, you know, going in, I had this concept like, oh, I'm working with a rapper. Okay, what is this gonna be about? Eh. <laughs> but, Hold on, was, you was a little bougie back then? Probably, yep. I, I had moved to Jersey, you know, everybody had their own cars and stuff, and we were living life. So, you know, the rappers rap scene back in the nineties was a little different. You know, everybody just really just wanted to get in your pants <laughs> pretty much and, you know, not respect you and not, you know, give you, you know, that queen like behavior. So, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. This is then we talking about the dog. <laughs> like I was like, okay, all right, what is this about to be? But to my surprise, that man was um hum very humble. He was very um polite, very um courteous. Um, he knew his lines. Um, he made sure before he did anything with me that he asked what was I comfortable with, what you know, 
what we needed to do. And I was like, well, I'm comfortable with this, that, and the other. But one thing, we not smashing. We not doing that. <laughs> so, And that's the movie. You're like, we're not doing that. That was a body double that came in and did that part. Because I was not comfortable doing that. And I didn't even know to the extent where they was going to take that. But that's on him and that girl. But <laughs> me, <laughs> me, you see me go down to the floor and, and you see me wake up in the sheet. That's the part that I took that that was my role but he was you know he was dope and his wife was there shout out to her because we're actually friends and she was a sweetheart and I wanted to show her that I respect your union and you know there's no funny business going on over here we're gonna keep this professional and that's exactly what we did he was quoting scripture and you know reading his bible to I guess at that time you know I didn't know what he was going through but he probably was going through a lot always now that mm. we look back on his life and um so he kept the book close to him and now it it I realized why he was quote scriptures all the time because it was keeping him sane and um though I, I didn't know that even though I didn't know that when I was you know working with him but now that I look back and I'm a lot older and you know I can kind of like discern the situation a little better he pretty much was keeping himself sane by quoting the scriptures and you know keeping his mind at peace and um not varying off to whatever you know wanted to tempt him to do something bad so I, for that, I respect him, and I would never take that experience away. Um, was it a perfect experience on the business end? No, but, you know, it all worked out, and here we are, ooh, decades later, and Netflix released so a whole nother generation is getting to see it, and, you know, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be a part of that moment in history. It's definitely a moment in history, but let's but let's bring it back. I want to hit on two points. You mentioned, yeah. before, you know, like you said, he was dead in the sheets, and all of a sudden you woke up, and that was your scene. But as an actress, I want to ask you this: like, when it comes to like committing to a role and what you will and won't allow, <laughs> right? What is what is your boundary, and what was your line, and what made you say for this specific movie, I don't want to do that sexy? For you mean for belly? Yes. Uh, well, because I knew that, okay, one thing about the movies, they're going to get as raw as you let them get. It's really, it's your preference. It's what, what you're willing to do. And for me, my background, how I grew up, you know, and my parents, I was just kind of like, nah, I'm not really trying to do all that. <laughs> like, I just, you know... I know we got to argue, you know, he'll throw me down, you know, we may kiss, blah, blah, blah. But just to, you know, have that scene out there like that. No, that's not something that I would willingly do because it was pretty much close to, you know what? I'm not even going to say the P word, but it's pretty much close to that, <laughs> that scene. And so I'm like, no, I, that's not, that's not what I am as an actress. So that's not, you know, really what I was willing to do especially at 21 years old like I wasn't willing to do all of that um and so they took matters in their own hand and they made it happen with a body devil and that's that's fine if that's what they needed to do to get across but I in my heart I'm at peace with the decision that I made not to do were, that were you aware that they were gonna do that sex scene or were you kind of like I, I, I was not aware I knew that I just thought it was going to be what we did. And, you know, they were going to cut, cut. I was going to be thrown to the floor. We're fighting, cousining each other out, whatever, whatever. And that, you know, we just wake up and the, the do happen. I thought it would be a little more like sincere and T-Boz because she wasn't really willing to do that either. They, of course, they wanted to go further with her as well, but she wasn't willing to expose herself like that either. So if we both, neither one of us was willing to expose ourselves like that. So, but with my character, because Keisha was a little more raw and rugged, I guess they felt like, well, we really want this in here. So we're going to go get the body double to do whatever Terrell's not willing to do. And because I didn't own the rights to the film and I was not the director, I don't have say so in that unless I put that in a contract. And back then, you know, you don't expect that someone that you know is going to put you out there like that. And that's kind of what happened to me. You know, I didn't expect that the director was going to take it there and not even tell me. And I just see it, you know, on a final edit, like, wow, <laughs> like that happened. But 
it's all good because now I get to talk about it. And <laughs> yeah, now I get to let people know what you think you saw, you really didn't see, but if it looked good to you, then fine. If you loved it and you liked it, then fine. But I'm just gonna let you know the part that I played in it. And that's that. Okay, so I guess the question is, would you work with that director again? Yeah, I mean, I I don't burn bridges. They, you know, I'm I'm not gonna burn any bridges. And if he presented something to me that I loved, then yes, of course. <laughs> the keyword said loved. Okay. Right. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Listen, well, like I said, that role is iconic. And, you know, everyone that's tapped. First of all, I want y'all to comment right now. What is your favorite role that Terrell played? I want to see it. Comment the movie that you love the most. What made you follow Terrell? Comment that movie or song below. All right? <laughs> so, Terrell, I want to get into this. Yes. What has been your memorable, most memorable movie that you've done? Like, oh my God, I would do this role every single day of my life if I could. Wow, every I would say Subway Stories. I don't Subway know. If, Subway Stories is, it was directed by Rosie Perez. And um, our character was the woman with the flowers. And her mom was dying on the phone. And I got a chance to talk to her on the phone for the last time and belt from the bottom of my heart troubles of the world so if you haven't seen subway stories you can go on youtube you can look it up um just type in terrell hicks subway stories woman with the flowers and that song will pop up and you'll be able to see that scene and um that was it was short but it was so memorable for me and based on the views it's touched a lot of people a lot of people so i'm happy that my voice could do that is that the scene when you were walking through the subways and you were singing about Mama? Yes. Yeah. I, I, do, I do remember that. Yeah. You sung the hell out of that song. Thank you. Thank but, you. And, and, just, and, and it's so crazy because that movie doesn't, I don't, I don't relate to the movie, but just, just by you explaining it, I remember that scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, so that was the most memorable in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. What was your worst experience? Oh you know, I will never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Worst. Mm. I don't know that I really have a worst. Because mm. of that I really enjoyed everything that I worked on. And um, I wouldn't take any of those moments back. I really, I haven't had like, a tremendously horrible experience on anything that I've worked on. So I, I Jersey, I don't have a worse. Okay, all right. <laughs> she said, you're not about to have me out here blocking <laughs> No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> first of all, everyone's commenting right now their favorite movie that brought them here. Let's read it. David said, Belly. Okay, Jenny, Jenny5411 said, Bronx Tale, Sister. <laughs> may say Bronx Tale and Belly, Sasha's Belly, okay, everybody definitely is on here commenting Bronx Tale, I see again, um, so Terrell, you definitely touch a lot of people with Bronx Tale and Belly, okay. Awesome. So, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Definitely. Now, I want to also get into this real quick, the Oscars. You, yeah. you talked about music and now we're here in the acting. I want to, before we get into the craziness of this Oscars that happened yesterday. Yeah. What is your, have you been personally to the Oscars before? And what do you feel about how they represent Black talent? Let's start there. I have not gone to the Oscars yet. Um, reason being is because I haven't been invited yet. And I have to make that role where I get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> and third, um, yeah. I don't ever see a lot of us in there, <laughs> that's one. But I'm seeing that that is changing and um, the doors are opening, you know, with time because we are, you know, making our presence known in, in this era way more than back in the day. So we're, we're present now and they have to recognize us and they have to see us. So 
I pray one yeah. day I'm in that room that, you know, to be able to, um, you know, represent women like me, actresses like me. Absolutely. Yeah. Barry is still the only woman to have that particular Oscar, correct? Leading role? Yeah. Lady? yeah. That's insane to me in 2022. It is. It, it's insane. But that's why I'm really grateful for the NWACP and, you know, uh, BET for really catering towards shows that highlight, you know, our excellence. And, you know, that's a blessing. So I, you know, winning any of those for me would just, you know, warm my heart. Absolutely. So now let's get into yesterday's show. Now, like I said, talent doesn't really get recognized as much at the Oscars. But yesterday there was quite a controversy with two of our biggest black stars that we claim in Hollywood, Will and Chris. He literally actually slapped the hell out of um, Chris yesterday. Spoke about his wife. Um, So I want to hear your thoughts on that and have you ever met Chris and Will? I actually have met Chris. Um, my husband's first cousin is Tashina Arnold. So we went to one of his live shows in Brooklyn and I did get a chance to meet him and it was awesome. Um, I've never met Will, but that is on my bucket list to meet him and Jada one day. Um, now my thoughts about last night, um, I feel that he had the right to be upset I feel the way he handled it wasn't the right way. Um, I know he was upset because it was an offense to his wife and it went deeper than a joke because of course for black females to lose our hair is like, (gasps) like that's something that we just would not want to happen in life and that to know it's not growing back or because we're suffering some type of illness is like, it's devastating. So I can understand why that was not funny to Jada at all because she's posted videos about her illness, her sickness. So um, I could see why it wasn't funny to her. And I just think when Will looked at her reaction, it made him upset. And he just did not think like, I'm at the Oscars. I really think he blacked out. He he went blank. Like I'm about to go punch him in his face right now. (laughs) And he went (laughs) blank. And I don't think he really thought about it. So, um, I really wish that he confronted him backstage and just kind of like, dude, that joke wasn't funny at all. Don't talk about my wife anymore. But I wish that happened backstage, Um, especially because it was his big night and having that hue over him was just not the right moment. Now, as far as Chris, I think Chris could have made a better decision too because although it was a joke, Sometimes you don't really know what people are personally going through and you have to make a better decision. And I'm just really glad that Willow wasn't there because it would have been even worse because she represents her mom and what she's going through. So all I kept thinking is what if Willow was there? He would have said G.I. Jane and her daughter. It, it would have been both of them and it would have been worse. So I was just like, you know, I just really wish that they both thought about the moment but I think Chris kind of bounced back from it because he really just spent another joke off of the slap. And he, you know, he made it work. And he's like, yeah, we'll slap the hell out of me. And uh, kind of like, this is the best moment in television. And it was, because we are all talking about it today. And we will be talking about it for the rest of the week, month, and maybe year. So <laughs> looking forward to having, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Jada have Will at the red table again, because that's about to happen. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to seeing what that conversation is going to be like. And I really hope that these two men, because I admire both of them and their work, I really hope that they could sit down and really bring us in on their getting it together or getting this right, this moment, you know, making this moment right all over again, because I don't think Will Smith hate Chris Brown. I just think he didn't make, he didn't like the comment that he made about his wife. And as a protector, he blacked out at that moment and handled it. He handled it hood style, basically. And so, but hood style don't always work at places like the Oscars. So, you know. Hood style don't always work. Let me set this up. Nowhere. Now, the Oscars. Now, let me let me set this up. If for people that don't know, there has been previous beef between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Oh, that, okay. I didn't know that. 
Chris Rock was presenting at the Oscars. And back that, in that year, Jada Pinkett was saying, let's boycott the Oscars. Because okay. um, had did a movie that year that he was not recognized for, and she was pissed off. So if you remember, at one point, Jada was saying, let's boycott the Oscars, right? 2016. So Chris Rock went on the Oscars that year and was like, hey, Jada's saying, let's boycott the Oscars. That's like me saying, let's boycott um, Rihanna's panties. Um, <laughs> he said, wow, why are you boycotting when you're not even invited anyways? Wow, so, okay. So, so it's a little history there. Okay. So he okay. said, you're going to get my wife's name out the mouth. Every time you go on that stage, you feel like you want to attack my... We are the only black royal couple in here. And of all the people you want to pick joke at, why right. don't you us? You know, so it's definitely a punching bag. And I felt like Will wanted to make a statement like, you're going to stop disrespecting me. All y'all is going to stop disrespecting me. <laughs> and my wife. You know, but Hoodstar. Right. You know, now let's see how his career recovers or moves forward and let's see what happens. Yes. Yeah, I yes. think that it can. I think Jada needs to invite both of them to the red table and let us all in and let us just hear this whole conversation out and they need to just hug it out and we be done with this. And they go back to making great movies, all three of them, period. That's it. Terrell, he slapped the shit out of him. How do you recover on national TV? Like, now that you have a, your husband, let, let somebody slap your husband. If somebody talk about you and your husband. Well, you the, okay, the thing about that is that, okay, <laughs> if, if my husband was in Chris Rock's shoes, Will Smith would have never walked away. He would have <laughs> got slapped back. Like, he would have been punched back immediately. That's one thing. Will Smith, I mean, Chris handled it well because the normal black man, they would have been up there going at it. So Chris, in his head, said, you know what? I want to come back and do the Oscars again. I got to come back. I'm not hitting Will. As much as I want to punch him back, I'm going to keep my fist down. But anybody else, Will would have got it right back. And Will Light's kid too, so Will would have been accepting his speech with a black eye. So, <laughs> and that would have been Pat Williams, Eddie Murphy. Um, it, it, that, come on, what's what's the one that they was trying to um boycott the other day with Netflix over the transgender jokes that we love? What's his name? I can't um, remember. His name. What what's his name that we love so much? And he uh, took a break. Netflix. What what's his name? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Comment about that they was trying to boycott with the transgenders but if that would have been I know him, who you're talking about but I can't get his I can't get his name right now but I, I think we know we know who you're talking about but if that would have been any dumb they would have knocked him right back in his face oh and yeah oh yeah because because like you can't they, come up to a black man and punch them in the face and they not retaliate back that's not happened that's not Chris I'm telling you he really held back because he was like, I'm not messing this opportunity up. The Oscars is giving me a fat bag. So I'm going to make sure, he did make that. sure I keep my fist to myself. And this is all going to fall on Will Smith. But any other man, any other black man emotionally would have been gone and they would have been fighting on that stage. I think. Do you feel like that was a setback? Do you feel like that was a setback for black for black actors I think that it was because you just don't go there and do that you don't go there and do that that's not no we've come okay. too far we've come too far to, yeah it's a setback and now they have to do everything in their power to to fix it but i guarantee you let's see who hosts the oscars next year that's what's going to tell it all Who's going to be the host of the Oscars next year? Because if it changes races, <laughs> then we know y'all ain't gonna be hosting no more, basically. So we gotta see. We got we gotta wait. We gotta wait it out and see. We gotta wait it out and see. But you know, I I you know it, it is a it's a setback because it's like look, we invite them in and then look what happens. That's those are the conversations that I hear. Like, but you know that I can imagine that's going on. But they have to make it right. And um, Will Smith already put up an apology. And so now I want to see if they can all be in the same place at the same time together and um, move forward. Because that's what 
we need we need to move forward because what's going to happen to this generation under us you know that's who it affects it affects the generation under us and what they're watching it's not okay so <laughs> you know they owe it to the generation under us to make it right absolutely you said it's not okay <laughs> for you for you said but if that was my it's husband <laughs> No, Will Smith would have not been walking away. Sorry, that would have not. He would have been limping away. He wouldn't have been walking away though. There he is. You know what? Will Smith, Chris Rock, y'all are still legends and iconic. And they you gave are. they gave us an iconic moment for the Oscars. Yes. What expense? And that's but. why they they got it. That that's why they got to fix it. It's been a lot of iconic moments in history, and you know what? Mostly everybody has bounced back. Look, I'm so like. I love Janet Jackson so much, like watching her documentary and just seeing how she bounced back from all the negativity that happened at, you know, the All-Star Weekend and, you know, the Super Bowl and everything that she went through with the thing with Justin and how she's able to bounce back now and really tell people her story. And this woman is going on tour at what, like she's almost 60, like, but looking 45, like, I just, you know, it's possible. It, she is that hope that says you can overcome anything. And that's the one thing about our people that we will always have, and that is a bounce back. We are resilient. And we are made yes. up of resilience, bounce back, and, you know, talent. Just pure talent. And, you know, Will and Chris will be fine. We just got to give it time and let it play itself out. And you know that's what? that. Perfect thing. And I want to ask you this, but can I ask you one more question? And I want you to do another segment where we ask for the audience some questions. Is that okay? Yes. Um, I think I might need to get my charger though, because I think my phone is about to die. <laughs> but if I break, I'll come back. I'll come right back on. Just give me like a minute and to step up if I if my phone dies and then I'll come back. No worries. Okay. No worries. Um, speaking of legacy, you know, I feel like it's important that you just mentioned Aaliyah um, mm -hmm. and get into R. Kelly and Aaliyah together, just their legacy as, as just stand on music and what they've done and now how it's kind of being disrupted, you know, interfered. What are your thoughts on just how their music has been tarnished with everything that happened transpired? It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Because, I mean, you can't listen to R. Kelly's music without thinking about the things that have happened in that and the things that are taking place in his life right now. But that man is a genius and we all danced and we celebrated and we had such a good time on his music. And I think that that body of work should just be separate from anything that he's done because his music speaks for itself. And... I'm not mad if they play Step in the Name of Love at a party. I'm still going to dance. So <laughs> that's that. I'm not mad. I'm still going to dance because I love this song. And he's he's paying for whatever it is that he did. And um, justice is being served. And so, again, it's a situation where we have to move on. That's all. And poor Aaliyah, I just want them to let that girl rest in peace and um, again, a great body of work. Any of her songs that come on, I'm going to sing to them. I'm going to dance with them and love them just like I did in the 90s. That does not change for me. Period. Aaliyah's definitely a gem. But do you feel like just with, it's been so much, I'm not sure if you know what's going on, but the YouTube streets are talking, the blogs are talking, but a lot of the major press aren't covering it. But, you know, just, the, just the, the little details of just kind of even what's going on with her accident and everything is just seeming, you know, it's coming across very conspiracy-ish. You know, mm -hmm. do you like, do you feel like what happened to her was just a, a freak accident or do you think there's some sinister stuff that's going on behind the scenes? I really do not know, Jersey. I do mm -hmm. not know, but I know that whenever God wants to reveal the truth, it comes out. Mm. it's meant to be revealed it will come out and if her if her soul is not resting at peace because something is not right it will come out mm. that's what i believe that's and that's what it is yes okay
Well, you know what? I will be dancing as well to every song that I like from R. Kelly. Um, he's written a lot of songs for Whitney Houston. Oh, written a lot of, oh he's written a lot for a lot of people. So yeah. if you're gonna cancel his music, yeah. you have to cancel people's music, correct? Exactly. You can't erase all those hits. He, I'm that means I'm not gonna listen to Kelly Price because he wrote most of those songs. I'm not gonna listen to you know. Aaliyah stuff because he wrote that. I'm I'm not gonna listen to Whitney stuff because he wrote that. I'm gonna listen to uh Changing Faces because he wrote that. Nah, you know, that is great material. We need that in our R and B collection. We need it. Absolutely. Um, can we separate the artist from their art? Are we allowed to do that? What's the if someone is doing crazy stuff, should we cancel them or is separate from their art? For me, it is separate. Because I judge anyone. For me, it's separate. That's like saying, don't love Whitney Houston music because she was addicted to drugs. What? Like, what? That is what? a personal battle. That's a personal battle. She has to fight that. But, you know, gifts come without repentance. And she gave something to the world that we can never erase. She's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. But cancel her because... She had a drug addiction? No, no. So yes, I think we have to separate the art from the person. Mm. Mm. Okay, there it is. You gotta separate the art from the person. Listen, Terrell, you've definitely been a gem on here. I want to definitely, listen, y'all, if y'all want to jump in and ask Terrell a question, we're going to take questions for a few minutes. Some yeah. audience comment in the comment box if you want to jump on the live and ask her a quick question one minute or less you guys can and then we're going to wrap it up for tonight but Terrell yeah. what are, what should people be on the lookout for what you got coming up that we should be watching out for? of course my music of course well working in a couple of months I'll be shooting a film called A Mother's Love uh, which is a biopic about a young lady named Kaylin Ward um, her story is amazing and she was actually murdered um i play the mom kanisha martin and basically she's going to tell this story through her eyes of trying to save her daughter and she kind of had a daughter that really didn't listen to her and it led her to death so her life mission now is to help rescue and save teen girls out there even teen boys that you know are young you know you got the 14 year olds that think they're grown they want to come in the house at four and five o'clock in the morning because they think they grown and stuff so she's just really trying to save that generation let your parents know where you are they care about you and half of the trouble that you get into you don't have to you don't have to to be one way when you can be another way and have a great life but you're choosing bad decisions so i'm excited to work on that and help her in her cause and y'all look out for that because it's going to be a great biopic a mother's love mm. where can we see that where can you find it? where can we watch it once once we shoot it i'm sure it'll be on all streaming platforms and i will actually keep you updated on when premieres will happen because we'll actually be touring with the premiere in different cities and different states so i'll let you know when that's going on and you can tell your your listeners your followers remember when terrell said blah, 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 blah. yeah <laughs> gonna definitely music you got movies coming up yeah. let me ask you see yourself um, having your own record label? Do you want to manage? Do you want to start your own group? I don't know. Why do I feel like you got that kind of bug? Well, you know, once we get this music off, you know, and going, of course, I want to open doors for the younger generation. I want to let them know, you know, what's going on and um, that they can, you know, pursue their dreams and make it. And, and sometimes it takes the right people behind you. It takes people that believe in you to, you know, get you out there and going. So I definitely want to be a vehicle for that one day and, and you know, help somebody that wants to live out their dream in the music business. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm excited to definitely hear what you have for us in store musically. Yes. It's you and your crew to come on and dance for me. <laughs> Got you. I bet you get you to come to Brooklyn and set this. We're going to do a center lens together. I do a program called Center Lens where I teach okay. how to be dope on camera. And you okay. are a camera queen. You know what I'm saying? You'd be perfect for that. Thank you. Okay. Let's make it happen. Let's definitely.
happen. Um, your merch. Tell us your merch. What we need to buy. What we how Oh, we yes, yes, yes. So I have my Keisha shirts. I will be releasing them again in maybe like third week in April. You guys have showed so much love with my Keisha merch. And so I will be coming back so that you can grab it once again for a limited time. <laughs> but you can grab it. <laughs> she said for a limited time. Don't play. You are crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Keisha, did you do I know what I called you, Keisha? Terrell. Yeah, you call me what the fans call me, but it's all oh. good. <laughs> I need you to do me one thing before we go. Can you yeah. do a drop for me? A drop? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you just say, hey, I'm Terrell Hicks, and you are tapped in with Zap Exclusive. Zap Exclusive, that's what you say? Because it is. Okay. Hey, I'm Terrell Hicks, and you are tapped into Zap Exclusive with my man, the one and only Jersey. <laughs> Go. Thank you so much, Queen, for being on here. I appreciate Welcome. it. Wait, so we didn't get no requests? Y'all don't want to talk to them. No, I'm going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some requests, but, you know, I'm very protective of my peoples, and I just want to. Oh, for tonight, we good. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Listen, we're going to definitely talk soon. We're going to talk offline because I definitely want to connect with you more in this year um, and work on some whatever music you got coming. You know, you got dancers all over New York that's going to support you. You know what I'm saying? So just let me know when you're ready, all right? All right, my man. Good I talk will. to you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back. Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right, child. So we got our girl Terrell Hicks that just tapped in. You already know what time it is. It is Zap Exclusive. If you're not following the page, please follow Zap Exclusive. All right. And then make sure you follow me. Okay. I do these interviews every ever so often. You know what I'm saying? It's what I like to do. I like to talk it up. Yes. We're pushing the culture forward. Tap in for everything pushing the culture forward. But yeah, I do this every frequently. So make sure you guys follow the page. Somebody's calling in Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong? I don't know no Louis Armstrong. No. We're not taking any requests right now. You were supposed to call in on the live. I don't even know what you... We're not taking any lives right now. All right, but anyways, I appreciate y'all for tapping in. This is Zap Exclusive. Follow the page. Peace. <laughs>